the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us. Once saved, we realize that before our conversion, we were not living. We were merely existing. We were dead, yet thought we were alive. God kept us even in the midst of our sin, yet we did not know it. What joy we as children of God now have in Christ Jesus. We have a brand new life. We've moved from our old house. We've moved from our old friends. And we've moved from our old way of life. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander teaches us on what it means and what is required to live holy. Coming to the Lord's house on the Lord's day is, is healthy for spiritual healing. God wants to heal you. And some of you come here with all kinds of things uh, and issues spiritually in your life. And God wants to heal you. Coming to church to worship the Lord in his house on the Lord's day gives you an opportunity to fellowship with other like-minded believers. It also provides accountability, accountability. And many people don't want to worship in the Lord's house on the Lord's day because they don't want to be accountable for the truth that they have heard. You stay home. The ignorance of God's law is still no excuse, even if you stay home. Okay. You come to the Lord's house to be strengthened and you come to the Lord's house to encourage one another. You see, my friends, trials Trials and difficulties should not cause us to drift away from worshiping with God's people on the Lord's day. But rather, it should motivate us to stay connected with the church for hope and encouragement. It's amazing how some saints, they have problems or they have a disagreement with a saint or somebody hurt your feeling for whatever reason. I'm not coming. There's some mean folk down there. You got some mean folk on your job, too. And you got some bosses that's driving you crazy. But you get up early in the morning on Monday. You go to work in time to have a cup of coffee and you go and suck it up and take it. (laughs) But you come into God's house. You so fragile. Folk got you. You got to tiptoe around you because they may hurt your feelings. You go through boot camp, they're not studying hurting your feelings. <laughs> I, I want my hair. I like it braided. Don't touch that part. <laughs> he keep on cutting. <laughs> you better make that bed up. You better take that shower in so many minutes or seconds or whatever you got. If not, the whole group get penalized and they all going to be mad at you. Am I, am I right in here? You don't just, oh, they rushed me in my eating at the mess hall. <laughs> But you come to the Lord's church, you're so fragile. She touched me. He took my parking spot, my seat. I didn't get to sing that song. He didn't call my name. He walked by me and didn't speak. He must be mad at me. When you going to grow up? 
trials and difficulties should not cause us to drift away from worshiping with the Lord's people on the Lord's day. That's you playing right in the devil's hand. That's just what he wants. And he will do, he will do his great, do the greatest work on you when you are disconnected from the people of God. But rather it should motivate us to stay connected with the Lord's church for hope and encouragement. I'd like to say something else about this corporate worship is not an option. It, it gets even deeper. High absenteeism is a sure sign of spiritual regression. You think you're spiritual, but you're not spiritual if your absenteeism is high. High absenteeism is a sign of spiritual regression. There are people who come just enough to keep their name on the church roll. They know when membership update is coming. So they'll show up once every three months to stay connected. And long as they have a, long as they have membership, then they think that's a sense of security. But my friend, be it known to you, you can have membership, but you're not on the ship of Zion. <laughs> huh? You, you, you can be at the church, but not in the church. You, you see? So, so, so listen, God knows your motive. He knows your attitude and he knows your heart. Stop playing with God. High absenteeism is a sign of spiritual regression. There are members, listen at this, God gave it to me so you better listen. There are members who are right here in the house of God today who worship our Lord in wheelchairs. There are people right here at Maranatha who come in their aged condition and worship God on walkers. Those who are not so old and those who are old. There are people right here at Maranatha who come to church and worship God even though they have their oxygen tanks with them. I've seen people sing in the choir, sing, sing all out there and shout with oxygen going in their nose and breathing. I've seen, I know people right here who are single parents with two or three children and they get them all here on time and you can't bring your healthy body here. Huh? And yet many able-bodied saints sleep in. You watch sports to play off or you take care of your personal business instead of worshiping with God's people on the Lord's day in the Lord's house. Why is it some aged person can do all of that? And God has blessed you. You got energy, strength. You're not broke. God has been good. You're looking better than you ever look. And you got a person on oxygen outdoing you. A person on a walker outdoing you. And you got to think about if you go get up. You are most unspiritual. Self-evaluation time. Okay, I hope y'all can take it. I hope this message don't run y'all off by next week. Y'all better come and finish this test. If you at Trinity University, you in high school, you you trying to get licensed, pass the bar, get some kind of exam, you you hey, you gotta finish. If you don't finish that, you're not gonna pass. So you stay here, suck it up, confess, get over yourself. And begin to live up to God's expectations for you. Y'all hanging with me? Number three. Has there been a significant decrease or increase in your coming to church tardy? 
Oh, got quiet. Has there been a significant decrease or increase in your coming to church, Tordy? Psalms 122.1 says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Let me tell you something. Now, when you are truly glad, say glad. Say a little bit louder. Say a little bit louder. Say a little bit louder. When you are truly glad about coming to the Lord's house on the Lord's day, tardiness will not be an issue. Oh, I just can't wait to get here. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm running to get here. I, I, I can't wait to hear what God's going to do with me. I can't wait to be a blessing to somebody that I need to speak to. I can't wait till I hear from heaven that the, the bread of life is broken and dispensed into my life. Listen, when you're glad, you can't wait to get to the house of God. Just like those folk can't wait to get to Walmart on Black Friday. <laughs> glad. Glad, glad, glad. Are you glad? I mean, are you real glad? That's right. I, I, I get here two and three hours before with my prayer team because I'm glad. I'm not a preacher that walk in here 10 minutes, get to church house 10 minutes before service start. I'd be a nervous wreck. I think if you're going to lead God's people, your standards ought to be higher. Huh? I'm the first to get here and I'm the last one except for the, uh, the security people to leave. Huh? Yeah. Some of y'all, the last one to get here. Oh, y'all know where I'm going. <laughs> and the first one to leave. You put God on a clock. That's why we don't have a clock in here. If you don't have a watch, you're in bad shape. You say, why you don't have a watch, a clock in here? Because you don't need to be putting God on a clock. Huh? By the way, by the way, there's no clocks in heaven. You go to three hour movies. Huh? Spurs going overtime. You, you, you scared to go to the restroom because you're going to miss something. I know the playoff games. Are, and they'll be all doing communion and all this kind of stuff. Even when it's a Super Bowl Sunday. You think we dismiss because it's a Super Bowl? No, we still have church while they celebrate and they forget what the score is. We have celebrated the Lord who will reward our faithfulness. As Pastor Rander continues this message, we are reminded that we are in this world, but we are not of this world. And we cannot allow the devil to hold us captive. We have been born again. We are new creatures in Christ. Everything about us is steadily changing. God's word tells us that old things have passed away and that all things are become new. We're not the same because everything has changed because of Christ. We cannot afford to look back. God will give us everything we need when we keep our hearts and minds stayed on Him. Huh? You see, we must not allow insufficient substitutes such as television and the internet to replace gathering with God's people on the Lord's day to worship him. Huh? We must not allow insufficient substitute such as television and the internet to replace gathering with God's people on the Lord's day to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. There are certain things the internet and television can't do. Sometimes Jesus touched them. Jesus said, bring the little children and let me lay hands on them and bless them. Listen, we need to, we need to be a touching ministry, 
a laying hands on ministry, a ministry of encouragement. You need somebody to, to, to empathize with you and to touch you. Those folk on television is not going to bury your sons and daughters, won't even bury you. And yet you sent all that money for a prayer handkerchief. Some little cloth. Listen, if you want your blessing, get in this book. Look how quiet it's getting now. That television can't superintend your faith and bless you and minister to you. That television's not going to marry you. Not going to do any of that. No, you need hands-on experience with God's people to the glory of God. With that being said, uh, let me ask you this question. When is the last time, it's still in, this is not a new question, this is still in that same area. When is the last time you came to church four consecutive Sundays on time? Okay, self-check evaluation. When is the last time you came to the Lord's house a whole month on time? If you struggle with that to any degree, you are not as spiritual as you think you are. You are not even doing the basic or the bare minimum in the faith. Oh, God, help me preach this evaluation. Number four. You say you're moving slow. Because <laughs> I want you to thank him. Do you leave before the benediction benediction or rush to your car after the benediction without shaking at least five hands and asking how are you doing or how may I pray for you? Woo. Oh, amen, lights. Do you leave before the benediction or rush out to your car after the benediction without shaking at least how many hands? Five. At least five. Some of y'all don't shake one. And asking how are you doing or how may I pray for you? First Peter 3.8 says something really well. First Peter 3.8. Finally, all of you be of one mind, that's the unity of the spirit, having, what's the word, compassion. If you're rushing out here and you're not touching anybody, that's not compassion. Compassion for one another. There are some of you in, 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 right here in this church. You come every Sunday and you, and you, haven't, shaken my, you haven't shaken my hand all year. Now, I know all y'all, and if all y'all came and tried to shake my hand at one time, I'd be dead before the second service. <laughs> I know that. I know all you can't come. And I, I, I know you're trying to get to Sunday school. But you know what? I'm standing here because I expect to shake your hand. I love you that much. I'm a touching pastor. I, I don't have an entourage around me where you can't get close to me. I'm not that important. You want to talk to me, you can. Some of you don't want to talk to me because you're going to hear the truth. That's right. That's right. Right. Okay. Look at the scripture. Love. Look, it says love as brothers. Listen, if you walk out of here and don't shake my hand, you don't love me. You don't know. You don't, you don't tell me about what you think or what you say. It's what you do. 
If you're going to walk out here and rush out mad dash to be the first one to get out here because you want to get ahead of the crowd with your selfish self. And you don't shake one person, not even one little six-year-old or seven-year-old hand. You are most selfish indeed, and you don't love like you say you do. Huh? I'm in that text. Be tenderhearted. You're not tenderhearted if you rush out of here. And be courteous. It is uncourteous to get out of here. Don't ask anybody how they're doing. Don't pray for one person. Don't shake one hand. But you you dash out of here. And that could be their last time on earth or even yours. You know what? You say, Pastor, why are you saying shake at least five hands? Because people come into the Lord's house in pain. They come sick. They come to the Lord's house angry. Somebody, there's a couple who come, come to the Lord's house, the husband and wife been fighting all the way, to, and then they come out smiling in the Lord's house. There, there are people here who are depressed as I preach. There are other people who are worried. They're worried about the economy. They're worried about their children, their health. They're worried about so many things. There are people right around you that are even suicidal, even though they look so good, dress so good, and have a Bible in their hand. They're in desperate need of a word of encouragement and compassion, not from everybody else, but from you. From you. You see, one needs to understand what a benediction is and its importance. Okay? One needs to understand what a benediction is and its importance. Let me tell you what a benediction is so you won't be so hasty to miss it. A benediction is giving praise to God for his goodness, for his grace and mercy toward us. It is giving praise to God for his goodness, grace and mercy toward us. It is also invoking a prayer of protection and blessing upon the congregation as we prepare to leave the house of God and go into a world filled with evil, into a world filled with death, in a world filled with tragedy, in a world filled with danger, seen and unseen, and a world filled with uncertainty. And let me tell you something, you need every prayer you can get before you leave out of here. If that be the case, and it is. So it is spiritual negligence unless you got to go to work or have a baby or uh, something pressing, pressing that's beyond measure. We're not talking about that. You go, you want to get to Luby's. <laughs> you want to get in before the crowd, wherever that is, whatever your restaurant is. You want to get home. You want to get home. And home's going to be there. Number five. Number five. I'll do a few more and we'll stop. Are you allowing business, the activities of life, noise, and technology to squeeze out the time you should be spending with the Lord? Are you allowing business, the activities of life, noise, and technology to squeeze out the time you should be spending with the Lord. Mark 631 says, and he said to them, come aside by yourselves 
to a deserted place and rest a while, for there are many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. Listen, people will pull you in so many directions until they'll cause your life to be misdirected, and you need to give, ask the Lord to give you his agenda for your life and not try to fulfill the agenda of people. People don't know when you maxed out. People don't know when you're on the edge. People don't know when you're at that breaking point. But God knows, and God won't put any more on your plate for that day that he wants you to have. People will overflow your, overflow your plate, and they will cause you to have a nervous breakdown because you're trying to live up to the expectation of people when you ought to be living up to God's expectations for you. Are y'all hanging with me? That's so critical. You can distract yourself right on into sickness because you're trying to be all things to all people at the expense of not spending time with God. You're Facebooking everybody. Everybody, you got something to say. And everybody talking to you and you talking to everybody, everybody giving you their thoughts, everybody giving you their opinion, everybody talking about what they think. And that is a cheap substitute for the authoritative word of God. Social media can take you clean away from God, clean out of his will. And you don't even you're so far from God. You don't have a spiritual sense to know you're disconnected to, from God because of the distractions that have have intruded into your life. Sometimes God allows you to forget that cell phone because he don't want you to have it that day. And some of y'all drive five miles back to get the cell phone. But you won't drive five miles back to get your Bible. Oh, God help me preach this message. Number six. Are you making good use of your time by keeping focus and being committed to that which is priority? Or have you failed to manage yourself and the precious gift of time? Here we are. This brand new year. Some of y'all wasted too much time last year. Are you making good use of your what? Time by keeping focus and being ever so committed to that which is priority? Or have you failed to manage yourself and the precious gift of time. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 15 and 16 says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best of the time because the days are evil. We're in an evil day, folk. We're seeing so much evil until we can't even take it anymore. My friends, we're not to waste time behaving like fools. The worst thing you can have is a Christian who's acting like a fool. We're not to be wasting our time living misdirected lives or living in pursuit of the, the attractions of this world. We're to make the most of our time on earth and fulfill God's will and purpose for our lives in our generation. I reiterate, we're to make the most of our time on earth and fulfill God's will and God's purpose for our lives in our generation. There's a big scripture on that, Acts 13, 36a. Acts 13, chapter 13, verse 36a. It says, for David 
after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers. What a scripture. Look at that again. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, what did he do? He fell asleep and was buried with his fathers. You are going to serve this generation and when your time is up, then you fall to sleep in Jesus if you know him or you fall asleep in death and open your eyes up in hell. This is your generation and this is your time and this is your season and and time is a gift from God to you and there's something called the stewardship of time and we're going to stand before God and answer to him as to how we used his time. Number seven, is your life bearing fruit to the glory of God? If there's no fruit on the tree of your life, I doubt the validity of your salvation. Is your life bearing fruit to the glory of God? Matthew 7, 20, Matthew chapter 7, verse 20 says, Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. A lot of folks say, I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. God, that's just jargon. That don't mean nothing to God if it's nothing on the fruit tree of your life. You just sounding brass and tingling cymbal. The gospel of John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears how much? Much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. God will never leave us or forsake us. Can we say that about the world in which we live today? God sustains us. When we are in need, is it the world that comes to our rescue? No. God and God alone rescues us. Can we depend on the world to lead us and guide us? No. If we walk each day with our Heavenly Father, we will answer our call to holiness every day. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.